Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. Welcome, uh, Tech Setters. It's another week of Aussie Tech Heads. How you doing? Uh, yes, thanks for joining us. This week is a bit of a different show this week uh, because, uh, well, you'll f- soon find out. <laughs> no, we, I wasn't going to be on this week, but uh, because uh, uh, I think Warlock pulled out, uh, he's a bit crook. And so, well, we couldn't have Will doing the show by himself, could we? So uh, I've, I've drank uh, five cartons of Coke and six cartons of coffee and we're here we're here for the show all right so we are brought to you by athwebhosting.com.au so hello and thank you all right now uh we are joined of course by will how you doing will hey mate how we doing how we doing not too bad thanks it's not so much i couldn't do the show by myself it's you probably is not a safe thing to let me do the show by myself Fair enough. No, you'd have, you would have been right, but it's always good to talk to people, you know? It's just uh, bounces off better and all yeah, that sort right, of stuff. Yeah, that's right, exactly. That's yeah. it. So, yeah, there'll be a few... This, this week's shows are going to be a little bit special. Um, to start with, I'm recording and streaming and switching, so hopefully that lets Glenn's limited brain functions <laughs> function. <laughs> I hope so. We're going to try and turn you up a bit, though. See, uh, we're doing this on the fly. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter because I'm recording and sound, I sound good to me, so that's all that matters. All right. So, uh, okay, good stuff. All right, now, yes, yeah, so the show is a bit different cause, uh, because it was a late uh, late call for, for me to come in. Is I don't have too many show notes, but we're just going to go through the feed this week for something different. How's that? So that sounds good. This but, week uh, in the feed. <laughs> it is. Let's, let's go with the feed. But what I want to do, I do really want to try and bring your audio up, Will. You can do that. You can While do you're that. doing Ooh, that, doing oh, oh, that's, that's probably the wrong button. <laughs> that's all right. No, that's better. That's good. That's good. All, all right, right, we're up. Um, all right, yeah, so... but I've got Echo. Uh, no, it's okay. It's all gone. All good. It's all good. She's yep, gone? Yep. It's all gone. Good. Well, look, let's, uh, look, I'll start with my little feed. This is, I'll just go through the feed. This is what I normally do before the show, but uh, Apple's Irish taxes investigated. What's all that about? Looks like they're in a bit of trouble over there. Again, Again. Uh, still, whatever. Uh, Apple's tax payments are under investigation in Europe. The tax paid by Apple, Starbucks, and Fiat are being examined by the EC. While well, the investigation has only started, the EC said a preliminary analysis has raised concerns. Well, this is all about the tax havens that uh, the big tech companies seem to, you know, pump the uh, pump all their revenue and income through the uh, through Ireland because apparently that's the cheapest. The tax country to pump stuff through, so yeah, cool. Any comments yeah, on that, Will? It's, um, well, I mean, th- this is the thing. Like everyone says, oh, why don't we tax them more? Well, that's why we don't. I'd prefer to have five percent of a billion dollars than nothing of a hundred billion. Like, you know, <laughs> everyone goes big. You know, tax big companies more, but you you can't. It just doesn't work that way. They're just going to go somewhere else who wants their money, and they're going to stay there for a while. So. 
it doesn't, unfortunately, it's great in theory, but the real world doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, so the complaint centers on transfer pricing arrangements, how much one part of a company charges a different branch or subsidiary for products or even IP. By racking up those prices, companies can shift money to different countries in order to pay less tax. Mm. Yeah, blah, blah, so, blah. So that's- I was reading down the bottom of that. It says, the arrangement ensured almost no tax was paid in countries such as Britain or France and helped the group achieve an effective tax rate of just 3.7% on its non-US income last year. Okay, so Britain and France just received 3.7% of $100 billion. What's your point? Mm. <laughs> they didn't have to receive any of that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. But I suppose, like, say, you know, in Australia here, like, everyone's tightening their belt. Is it fair that the Apple punches all its profits through Ireland and, you know, everyone in Australia's tightening their belt with the budget that's come out, you know, $7 to the doctor and, and all this sort of stuff, while Apple, you know, doesn't doesn't pay the, if it was an Australian company, would pay all the tax? That's the well, question. Well, they would if they, was, if they weren't being taxed at 50 cents in the dollar. Well, like 30 cents. <laughs> 30 cents, whatever it is. If they, if, if the government went, hey, come over here, we'll look after you, we'll support your employees, it'll be great, we'll only charge uh, 8%, there you go, come on over. You mm. know, like suddenly we've got 8% of a, you know, $10 billion share, um, you know, which is 80 odd million dollars, or 800 million actually, um, instead of 0% of a $100 billion share. So that's what mm. I'm saying, you're better off giving them a tax break, getting them over here, and having some income as opposed to not having them here at all and not having any income. That's right. And I look, even if they were charged a little bit more or more tax to be here, I'm sure they're not going to just abandon the country, even though we're only small and it's only probably a small... <laughs> Ironically, uh, we get the Apple tax, the Australian tax, when we come over here. So they tax us for not being here. Mm. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, that's what, yeah, Microsoft, why do you charge so much? Oh, of course we can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. All right. So. Uh, look, I saw another little story here, Will, just before we go to a couple of yours, because I, I know you'll like this one. Microsoft fixes 57 Internet Explorer flaws. You like well, they get rid of it, did they? <laughs> they yeah. replace it with Netscape by default. Close it down. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so uh, that's good. So I suppose, look, I can't get that that link up, actually. I could just get the headline, but the link's not coming up. So I guess that they've, they've it's, it's to do with the new... <laughs> it's, that only works on Internet Explorer. <laughs> oh, that might be why. That's probably why they fixed it. Yeah. They fixed all the flaws. You yeah, none of the links work. It's great. It's completely secure. You can't do anything and you can't go anywhere. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you can't browse nothing. Okay, that is secure. It's that intranet only. That's like, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh wow, internet. Seriously. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what are you seeing through the week that or today uh, uh, that interests you, Will? One thing that uh, I find interesting in general is actually there's um scientists have developed a tough, flexible, shatterproof mobile screen. So, you know, it's not they show an iPhone because they're I guess one of the easiest screens to break, but most new phones and, and this goes for pretty much anything made in the last you know, a couple of years, the screen size is so great compared to the bezel. Like in the old days, you used to have a big bezel around the screen, you know, but these days it's right to the edge of the screen. So the slightest bump or knock in the wrong spot, you shatter your screen. But uh, so basically they've developed new technology. Um, phones of the future no longer will have to have fragile and 
and easy-to-break screens. Um, researchers at the University of Akron in the US released scientific papers demonstrating how the transparent polymer surface, which consists of electrodes, withstood repeated bending tests and saw it retain its shape even after a thousand flexes. Now, that's part of the problem with the touchscreens. For the conduction to work correctly, we've had to have glass screens because of the way the glass is embedded and blah, blah, blah. And we haven't been able to use plastic screens. Now, some of the cheap Chinese tablets and Chinese phones with the conduct the capacitive screen rather than the resistive screen. Is that the right way around? Anyway, they yeah. have they use pressure sensors under the glass. So they can have a plastic screen. So in actual fact, that can be more resilient. With the glass screen, it hasn't worked that way. But now they've got a plastic polymer that conducts the same as the glass does. So you can actually have... It's not so much it's a shatterproof glass screen anymore. It's a shatterproof plastic screen now. So basically, you'll still get the clarity. You'll still get you know, the, the smoothness of operation, the responsiveness, but with a plastic screen. So if you do drop your phone, with any luck, the back will come off it and the SIM card will fall out rather than the screen taking the brunt of the damage. So, yeah. Well, talking about those sort of screens, I was talking to... Uh, I'm pretty sure we didn't talk about this last week. I, was ta- I spoke to Eric through the week. Must have. And he was saying, did I see the new iPhone 6? I went, well, no, not really. It hasn't been out yet, you know. And he goes, well, if you watch the uh, the keynote, apparently up on stage, they were well, it looked like they were using an iPhone 6. The screen was all the all the way across, all the way to the side of the, the phone. So that might be... Um, yeah, it was a good pick-up there, I think. The oh, new yeah. HTC's like that. It's uh, the it's it's a cur- it's one of the curved ones, um, but yeah, this, it is all screen. There's no buttons. There's no speaker hole. There's no nothing. It's just one big curve. Yeah, right. Right. So, yeah. Oh, that's all right. That sounds good. So, you're, sure. what's, what was that phone? That's your old phone. You that's my Note phone. Three. That's my Note Three. Yeah. And how? What's yep. the screen size on that? Uh, five point three or some such. Oh, yeah. So hold yeah. that up again. So that's what they're saying, that new iPhone's going to be about five. So it'll be the same size as the Note 2, which is pretty much that without the... Um, take the bezels off the edge of it there. So that's pretty much going to be the 5-inch. Yeah, right. It's about the same as the Note 2. It was a 5-inch screen, so... Mm. Now, uh, look, last week we mentioned... We are talking about... This just, just reminded me, actually. Last week we mentioned about sending big emails through the, through the pop mail servers and the IMAP mail servers and how your ISP block things more than attachments more than 10 meg well our astute listener down there in uh, Canberra while he was shivering his, his little ears pricked up and uh, he said ah <laughs> he says it's not the ISP PA he, he sent me a sent me an email he said it's not the it's not the ISPs that are limiting the uh, the attachment size it's the actual platform that limit it so it's the pop and the IMAP platform and it, well it's actually the pop because he was explaining to me that the IMAP sits on top of the POP, and it's the POP that has a limitation of the 10 meg attachments, because it was never meant to carry such such things as attachments over the over the email. So so well done. So, PA, thank you very much for that enlightening uh, bit of information. And I'm sure everyone else is now, uh, yeah, enlightened. <laughs> and they're all <laughs> Now, if only going. they knew what IMAP and POP stood for, they'd be more enlightened. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right, now, uh, wireless charging. Mm-hmm. An Intel and wireless charging pioneer, Wittricity. Why we Wittricity? Yep. Uh, oh, like the terminology inked a deal. Oh yeah, inked a deal on Wednesday. 
that could finally get the struggling technology of cord-free charging off the ground and into millions of laptops, tablets, and a bevy of other Intel mobile devices. How good is that? So, um, yeah, get ready for wireless charging. That's, that's probably, I don't understand how they would do that. But they must excite the... It's, it's not the, real difficult. It just uses RF, radio frequency waves. Um, my phone has wireless charging, so when I come home, I can just stick it on the charging pad. I don't need to worry about plugging it in. Um, That's wild. Actually, yeah. Most phones now you can get on eBay, you can get a support for it. You've ever seen when you've opened the back of your phone, I'm going to do this, I'm going to regret it, because it's going to take me five minutes to do it. <laughs> I can get this case off very easily. It's just very hard to get back on. Um, when you open the back of your phone... When you open the back of your open the back of your phone, <laughs> oh, you'll, no see, your phone. you'll see on the back there there's um there's generally little brass contact points. So oh, yeah. in this case, the two that are exposed there there if I want to run a uh, external aerial. But there's another two you can see under that that pad there that's sitting on top of the battery. And that goes to another two contacts on top the side there. And that's the pickup point for the um, wireless charging. Now, there's you can also buy this phone with a case that has it built on the back, um, but I didn't want that because it uses the extra room, and I want to put the uh, extended aerial on here. But that pad and a actual wireless um, little docking station, which is um, uh, basically a little flat disc that you plug your USB charger into, it. Um, it was sixteen bucks on eBay, and yeah, yeah. the the disc does multiple devices. So all I need to do is buy the pad for the different phones and the different devices, and then they can all sit on the charging station. So, mm. Mm. that's all right. So it'd be yeah, the same I... principle with laptops and stuff. They just have bigger versions of it. Mm. Yeah, well, that that sounds pretty good. So wireless charging. That's it's great. That's so much easier. What's well, that? What? Who, who played? <laughs> um, How good's that? <laughs> that? Uh, I got no idea. <laughs> That's just random. Or, uh, <laughs> Being right. played off, I think. <laughs> well, it did fade away. It was, it was like a hoedown. Yeah, baby. Uh, That's the joy oh, of my... ads. <laughs> Sorry? That must have been an ad on one of the web pages. Yeah, it must have been something or other. Uh, all right, what else have we got going on here? Um, There's a uh, interesting article that I actually saw this. I don't. Uh, it's probably technically last week's news, but I find it incredibly interesting. China, as we know, is running out of room, um, and they're literally moving mountains. They're actually um, going out of their way to go to their their hills and mountains, and they're actually flattening them out and turning them into usable areas. Now, there's a satellite yeah. image there you can see on the left that is all hills and, and valleys. And then you look over onto the right, and you can see where it's just all been flattened out. Um, now, it's wow. pretty neat. It, it's not difficult in terms of pushing hills into valleys. That's the easy part. The problem is um, it takes so long for it to settle. It takes about 10 years for them to for it to settle enough to be able to build on it, obviously. So all these developers, that are, basically it's a $16 billion project over the next 10 years. And the problem is at the end of the 10 years, they're only going to just be able to start to build on the first lot of stuff they made. 
Um, yeah. Assuming the developers or the contractors or whoever hasn't gone broke. So, yeah, right. It's, mm. um, that, that's it's, massive. Move it. Like, what are they doing with all the dirt? Push it Making into the valley. Making it somewhere else. <laughs> no, they, they take it off the top of the hill and they push it into the valley. So... Oh. Oh, I see what yeah, you're saying. So you can yeah, see right. there, they, you can just see they just push it down the side of the hill and it eventually fills the valley in. And then they go yeah. to the next one and they push it. See, they're pretty lucky over there. It's mostly um, it's mostly all uh, sand and soft soil. They don't have a lot of rock in their hills. So it's actually a fairly easy job. It'd be much difficult if they were very hilly, uh, very rocky because obviously they'd have to do a lot of blasting and a lot of hard work. But... They're actually finding it. It's not too bad in terms of the way they're doing it. Um, the biggest That's problem, of course, China's already got a huge amount of land and water and air pollution, and of course, this isn't helping. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, that's a very uh, interesting story. I like that. So it's it's pretty neat, but yeah, that's the thing. It's it's a massive project, assuming that it's going to be followed through in 10 years. Because in 10 years' time, if the developer goes broke, they're going to be stuck with a whole lot of flat land that they can't use. <laughs> well, I suppose, like, someone else, they'll build on it sooner or later. Like, it's not going to go to waste. I think... Yeah, are they re- are they struggling for land? Are well, they? they're struggling they for land to build on. But they, they're not struggling for cities. What they've actually done... And I'll quickly bring up a video here whilst... Um, uh, whilst I'm talking about this, because this is a video I actually watched a while ago, um, and what they actually oh mute that, um, and what they're actually doing is they've actually got entire cities that they're um, building. They're keeping their own government and their own finance and everything, their own so self-supporting their own industry. The government's ordering them to continually build these um, these empty cities basically so there's entire malls there's entire you know districts oh. that are just completely abandoned because they've built them which is fine but now mm. they've got nobody to move into them because they've, even though they've got a huge population they've actually got more buildings than they have they have people oh. so um it's <laughs> yeah they build structures they build all sorts of things um like, they've got their own Disneyland, they've got all sorts of theme parks and stuff. So, mm-hmm. it's not a matter of needing land to build to support the population, although now they're going to run into another problem where they're building on land that they were farming on. Um, but they're running into the problem now where they don't have any more land to actually build on. So, even though they don't need to build for the population, they need to build for the economy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, well, that's right. Like, there's giant shopping malls that are, you know, hundreds and hundreds of businesses should be inside them, but there's nobody in them because they can't find anybody to put shops in them. That's amazing. That's <laughs> just amazing. Have you never seen that? Yeah, check, go onto YouTube and check out a band, China, um, Ghost Towns and things like that, and yeah. yeah, you'll just see just how much... You know how much is wasted. All that infrastructure—that is incredible. But anyway, so uh, yeah. Look, look. Here's another story here. Windows users given two weeks to protect PCs. Windows users have been—and look, I apologise for reading all this, but uh, yeah, it was just uh, there's no um, 
there's no preparation this week, unfortunately, from from me. So I'll be just be upfront with you. I'll just say no preparation. So that's why it's a bit of a read. Uh, <laughs> Windows users have been given a two-week window of opportunity to get protected from a nasty malware duo. UK authorities teamed up with international police to take control of hackers, command and control servers. Operation Tovar. Apparently, it's been dubbed. Shut down the servers behind CryptoLocker. Oh, that little nasty fella. Good. Which are normally uh, spread dodgy email attachments or phishing emails. The two work together with CryptoLocker taking over if the latter can't find enough data to harvest and sell. So CryptoLocker encrypts the PC files. That's right. That was that, yeah, uh, give us a $300 and mm. we won't give you the key to unencrypt your files. Yep, that's it. That was a real bad one. I'm glad they got rid of that. But anyway, yep. he called on all Windows users to make use of the window of opportunity. Oh, I bet you he's having a good thigh slap and laugh about about that, isn't he? <laughs> Caused by the server disruption by scamming your system for both threats. There's a list of tools to do so here. All right, let's. where's the tools? Let's have a look at these tools, what we need to do. Jeez, my internet's slow. Here's the tools. <laughs> uh... How computers get infected, what you need to know, important. Okay, looks like you can go and use. Free tools have been specifically developed and made available to you by a number of internet security software companies. You can use these tools regardless of the make of internet security software you normally use. Okay, so there's one from uh, Symantec, uh, which is a takedown, takedown game over and crypto locker cybercrime. So there's a couple of shown, there's a couple of links there. So then there's, yeah, there's heaps of links there. So what we're going to do is, look, I might just, what am I going to do? I'm going to put that in the show notes. There's not too many show notes this week, but I will uh, I will get those show notes up there for you because that's a couple of links, how to check to make sure and get rid of the, these little viruses if you've got them. But if you, if you can't get to the show notes, the URL is quite easy. It's uh, what getsafeonline.org forward slash NCA, N Vanelli, C for cat, A for apple, getsafeonline.org forward slash NCA. So go and have a look at that and uh, get safe, I guess. Hmm. Okay. Speaking of, <laughs> actually, that's a really good lead into my next story, speaking of getting safe. Now, Twitter's fantastic. It can be used, um, you know, for all sorts of things. And the Guardian newspaper decided, hey, let's run a story on what soldiers pack when they're heading over to war-torn countries, whether it be Afghanistan or... Or anything like that. Um, so they did. So somebody tweeted them in a, a picture of what, what they're packing. So, you know, it's all good. They said the, um, the you know, you're packing everything you need. You know, your water bottles, your first aid kit, your yep. sex toys. Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> sex toys, eh? So the uh, Guardian newspaper describes it as a artificial orifice. Um, <laughs> but basically, it just shows you, the, the offending image was re retweeted last night at 8pm, or was tweeted last night at 8pm, it was retweeted 650 times before the tweet was deleted, and then the Guardian put up a, a note saying, um, what'd they say, oops, apologies for the uh, luggage image earlier, now deleted, it seems it contains a rather not safe for work element, so, <laughs> this is the problem with having instant um, you know, hashtag recognition. So you hashtag humanitarian, whatever it was, send it to them, and it just automatically goes up and gets retweeted. So it's great in theory. 
<laughs> Unfortunately, it can be, uh, you know, modified no. to suit your own purpose as well. So, um, so yeah. So that was just something a little quirky story. It's just because I know that some businesses do it. They say use this Instagram or use this hashtag or something like that, and it automatically gets retweeted or or shared. So just be wary that there does need to be some sort of moderation because if a big company like that can get so- caught out, um, you know, yeah. it's not going to be hard yeah. for a small company. I've got a fail of the week. Oh, yeah? Yes, this is, this is something that I wasn't very happy about. Now, I received a, a note in the letterbox this week. Uh, it was, oh, what was it? Yesterday, it must have been. Wednesday. And it was, you have a parcel. And I went, Cool. And it uh, was uh, con- contact. Uh, you can collect this because I wasn't home. The part the, they left a note, you know, the, the drum. Uh, collect it. Collect this from Australia Post outlet outlet at Bundle, which is I don't know, ten, fifteen k away from me. So anyway, I went right. Why can't we just get it sent to Rabina? So this is being sent by Star Trek, all right. Mm-hmm. Which apparently I found out is is a subsidiary of Australia Post. Mm-hmm which we all know are getting rid of 900 workers because mm-hmm. the business is so poor. Well, I have a fair idea why their business is poor <laughs> because this is a massive fail as far as I'm concerned. So anyway, ooh, this must be what's going on at the... That must be that must be what's going on at the Australia Post headquarters. I have no idea what that is. I've got no web pages open, so it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> But it's quite a, it's a nice little jig every now and then. <laughs> now, now, this was... So anyway, so I ring up uh, the Star Trek. And they go, no, it's gone to the post office. Once it goes to the post office for collection, uh, this is the 15-kilometre post office away. Once it goes to the post office for collection, uh, it can't be removed. And I said, right, well, that's not going to help me, is it? Because that's too far away. You know, blah, blah, blah. You know the drum. Work through the day. If I was to go and get this at after hours, well, it's going to take me probably a good hour round trip in the traffic and everything. So anyway, so I rang Australia Post. Can you please send this from up there to down here? You know, easy enough question. Uh, no, because it's a Star Trek parcel. I went, and it's sitting at your office at another office. Well, we still can't move it. Right. Uh, but Star Trek should be able to do that for you. Okay. Go back to Star Trek. All right. Uh, Australia Post said you'd be able to move it for me. And they go, okay, and they got on to another person. Where is it? Bundle. Where do you want it to go? Rabina. Oh, hang on a second. That's in a business hub, isn't it, where it's, I've got to collect it? And I'm like, yeah, it's at a business hub. And he goes, well, we can't send that from a hub to a post office. No. I said, well, why not? It's the same place. It's the Australia Post business hub or Australia Post post office. And he goes, just can't do it. So he goes, because some post offices are franchises. And, and we're not allowed to transfer parcels. I'm thinking, well, the franchises still handle all the Queen's Mail. They've still got post office boxes. They've still got del- parcels. I just couldn't get anywhere. So anyway, they're going to try a re-delivery tomorrow. It's not going to happen because I still won't be home. I said, what time are they coming? Anywhere between 9 and 5. Cool. How many times do they deliver? Like, re-deliver. Three. I went, right. What happens on the third time? Get sent back. I went, all right. I'm going to have to get sent back then. Because I can't, I can't be on me. Bloody pick it up at nine to five. What a joke! So that's my fail. That's my whinge and my fail. And it happens no. all the time. I have that problem so much with stuff. It's just, and yeah. yet, <laughs> well, I, I sent an email to him to, to uh, yeah, to uh, disclose my displeasure. But I'm yeah, just thinking, this care. is probably why you guys aren't making any money. 
No, that's right. Instead of delivering it when the person wants it, when they're going to be there, so you can deliver it once, we'll deliver it three times and then send it back out at our own cost because we couldn't deliver it. But I don't even. I can understand. You know, you get someone needs to be home to pick it up. But if you're going to send it to Post Office A. Mm. Why can't you just get it transferred to post office B? Well, we've got the same problem here. Our post office, we've got one a minute down the road. The problem is they don't actually have room for parcels. So if it's anything bigger than a letter, it's got to go into Ipswich because there's no parcel storage here. Mm. So in that respect, I kind of get it. But a friend of mine actually had the problem last week. Uh, He ordered something and it rocked up and they rang him and said, it's Friday afternoon at like five o'clock. Do you want me to just to leave it, or do you want me to take it back and re-deliver it to Monday or Tuesday? And he goes, "Well, I'm not going to be there Tuesday." The guy's like, "Yeah, right. I'll just leave it here for you. I'll sign for it, and we'll just call it delivered." Mm. Yeah, all right. Anyway, we went past Friday about to pick it up, and take it down where we were going, and it was there, and it's all good. He got a call Tuesday night or Tuesday afternoon. Um, I've got a package here for you. It's you know, it's getting late. Can I just leave it here, or do you want to get it? re-delivered it's like no no just leave it there anyway he gets home and it's the same he ordered um an inverter from a four drive mob and they delivered that friday and then exactly the same parcel with the same tracking number turned up tuesday as well so (laughs) he actually got the same parcel delivered twice (laughs) yeah yeah. well how about this one same same mob post star trek same mob yeah this other girl lady I was talking to, she goes, yeah, that happened to me coincidentally on the same day, right? Co- just coincidentally on the same day because I was having a whinge. And she goes, something weird like that happened to me. She goes, I ordered this TV from Dick Smith. She goes, I couldn't fit in my car, so I got him to deliver it. So lo and behold, guess who they ring? Star Trek, hello, can you deliver this TV to such and such? Yeah, yeah, no worries. Knock, knock, she works full time. Poor thing for doing that. Knock, knock, no one home. Okay, let's take it to Helen's Vale. Which is further away, which is 30 minutes away <laughs> in, in normal traffic. 30 minutes away, right? She has to go and pick this up, but she can't pick it up because she can't fit in the car. Yeah, they're <laughs> good, goes, aren't they? And, she, and they go, well, we're going to send it back. And she goes, you're going to have to send it back. Yeah, work exactly. Out. Work that out. Yep. I don't know. I didn't follow up what happened after that, but work that out. So I just, I just, I wrote an email to Star Trek. I said, listen, if I, in future, if I have a choice, of using you or someone else, guess who I'm not going to use? Because I was mm. really annoyed. But anyway, that's that's my little whinge, Will. Yeah, that's why I try and get stuff express delivered because it goes by Fastways or Curious Please or something. It doesn't go via mm. um, via Star Trek or Australia Post, which is just completely useless. And the thing Oops. is, like, it takes it takes four days to deliver a letter from Brisbane to Ipswich. You know. I don't know how big this thing this parcel is it'd be probably no bigger than a box of tissues seriously Mm. because if you want to know what it is it's the little PayPal here device the new ones that are coming out how big is that this big well I don't know ask uh, PA he's got he's got his already he was showing it off the other day on on his Facebook (laughs) well PA mine's going to get sent back to Singapore they actually (laughs) sent me a letter today saying oh we hope you've enjoyed it have you tried it out have you tested it what do you think of it and I sent them back saying Guys, I didn't order one. I mean, you didn't... I ordered the old one that you never mm. sent me. And yeah. I haven't ordered the new one that you didn't send me. <laughs> it's like... 
Well, actually, look, it's it's appropriate that we I have a whinge tonight because I am wearing, thanks to PA in the lounge, he sent me a <laughs> lanyard with a dummy on it. <laughs> so there you go. I am having a whinge. I've had another dummy spit, PA, so it's coming handy. Well done. Uh, Evernote has been taken out by a DDoS attack. I don't know if you use Evernote, Will. It's brilliant. Um, I, not as much as I used to. I used to use it all the time. Love it. I love it. It's uh, I take photos of customers' machines, customers' uh, like uh, what do you call it? PIDs, the product identification mm-hmm. or whatever they call it, PID, the, the numbers, and just send it to Evernote and just collates it all in the little notes for me. And then if I ever need it in the future, it's just all there, available, synced to the mobile. That's, oh, look, it's great. But you, I wouldn't be able to use it the other day because they were taken out by DDoS attack. So that's no good. 100 million users worldwide have confirmed it today. Have confirmed. 100 million, that's a lot of people emailing someone to confirm it. <laughs> but today fell victim to a distributed denial of service attack, which disrupted services for several hours. Thankfully, I must have been asleep, so that's good. The company took to Twitter this morning to advise its customers the service has been rendered useless. Well, it's not useless. It's a great service. So, look, and it's free too. So, Evernote, if you ever want to take notes and, and send photos, just keep track of stuff. It's, well, it is really good. I like it. I like it a lot. iPhone app, send the, the picture straight to Evernote. Great. See, I used to do uh, it. I used to actually use it a lot, but now with my um, note, it when you use the S-Note features, it does it automatically, so you don't even sort of know that you're even using it anymore. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yes. All right. Uh, what's been happening in Android world, Will? Anything exciting? Um, uh, I don't know. I haven't got that far ahead yet because I, uh, I was flicking through my feeds and I just came across the new um, TV, the new world's largest TV is what I was trying to say. Um, previously, Panasonic had the largest TV. It was 152 inches, and it was 4K, which was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. There's a UK company called Titan Screens, which has always done the digital scoreboards and you know the things in Times Square and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the new one is 4K. It's known as the Titan Zeus. It is 370 inches. <laughs> which um, 370 inch to put it into perspective is about the same size as a soccer goal box oh nice nice <laughs> so yeah there's nice. that um, you only need a cool 1.8 mil and you can have it um, so mil? yeah uh, obviously it's cost that's designed for hotels and restaurants and it's fully waterproof, so it can be used outdoor or in beer gardens and things like that. Um, it's it's nine, is that right? Nine hundred and thirty-nine centimeters, nine meters. No, no, three hundred and seventy inches. Yeah, three hundred and seventy inches. Th- well, you'd be about right. Yeah, is nine hundred thirty-nine. That, that's got to be you. You've got to have something open. That's me. I don't know what it is, though. It keeps the show alive, doesn't it? Just make sure we're not asleep. Um, Maybe it's like change topic time or something. <laughs> so 370 inches. Yeah, well, it would be because you times it by three. So, yeah, a metre. Um, a thousand yeah, so centimetres. Ten, ten metres. So 10 metres diagonal across. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, nice. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, not not small. <laughs> the funny mm. thing is, you go to their website. Um, you get click on the Titan screen website, and it says bandwidth limit exceeded. Please <laughs> increase your bandwidth limit from your from your host. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. But um, I was actually looking through the uh, Android stuff before, and as I said, there's the new the new um, HTC that's coming out with the um, the curved screen, which is pretty cool. Mm. Nothing else really in that that's that's super exciting. But that's you reckon that's uh, going to work? Is that curved so you can sit sit in your pocket and sort of it curves around your bum? So yeah, you can but sit it curves it it curves um, like that way, like uh, lengthways. So it's sort of it's curved that way, not widthways oh, like that. Right. Hey, look, right. I can go across onto your screen here. Do you want to? I know you you're encroaching <laughs> on my personal space. I'm at your place, and you didn't know it. Um, oh. <laughs> have you checked your windows lately? So there's there's a few what? few things that have been going on, like um, uh, Hawaii, which is um, they've been doing phones on and off for for quite a while. They're a Chinese manufacturer, but they've been releasing decent sort of phones um relatively cheap and fairly decent quality they've just released a new one called the g6 uh it's a i won't go into too much detail but it's a pretty powerful little phone um for what it is for the price it's fairly cheap as well um there's oh that's what i was saying last uh was it week before last i got one of the chromecasts oh Uh, yes how's that go I love it. It's great. It's you know fifty bucks. It's cheap. It's a good way to have a um, a media center effectively without going to all the trouble of having a media center. It plugs mm. into any TV that's got Wi-Fi in the house. You can plug it into any TV, anyone's place. You just set up the Wi-Fi. You go. Um, you put the app on your phone. Plug it into the HDMI. Um, fire it up. It turns into a Wi-Fi hotspot till you find it, and then it, once you punch the Wi-Fi details in, it. Uh, hooks up to the household Wi-Fi and it's good. You can straight up without anything at all. You can throw YouTube clips straight on it. You can do a lot of the Facebook stuff. You can put... Um, there's a handful of websites that support it straight away on the phone. Now, the T, the um, computer is much more interesting because the actual computer... Let's see if you can see it. I don't know if you can see it in the screenshot, but we'll see. Um, there's actually... They've added another window in the browser... You probably can't really see it there, but there's actually a, another window up next to where your oh, um, yeah. address bar is, and it actually says send to Chromecast. So you can actually nice. Chromecast anything that displays on the web, web page. Um, nice. You can Chromecast, uh, and because of that feature, you can Chromecast movies, anything you've got on your hard drive, uh, songs, images, whatever you want. You can throw them all onto the Chromecast. But is, Mo- this th- is this throwing on uh, onto the Chromecast because it's it's playing on your screen, or can can you send it to Chromecast while you do something else on the screen? It's not a yeah. screen. Yeah, it depends on how it's set up. Like for example, last week I was streaming the Aussie Techhead stream um, because I was screen st- streaming from the browser. I had to have the browser window. I didn't have to have it up, but I had to have it open because it was streaming directly out of the browser. Um, there was, if it was something like YouTube where it can send a direct link straight to it, it mm. um, it doesn't need um, 
the once you've sent the link to it, you can close it because it's got the link. Same with, if you've got playlists, like if you go into your favorite YouTube playlist and start playing it, it'll fetch the links and play it automatically. Um, so it just depends on what you're doing with movies and stuff. If you throw them across once it once you've thrown them across the network connections, there you you don't have to show it anymore. So mm. it's kind of a cross between like um, what Samsung does with its. Um, it's app that lets you throw stuff across across onto the screen. Apple's had the similar thing with the um, whatever that was called, iView or whatever it was, where you could yeah, watch the it Apple on your... um, AirPlay. AirPlay, yeah. So it's it's similar to that in a lot of respects. It is more limited than that in a lot of respects as well. But look for the price. It's a really cheap way. It's great. I took it to Evan's head with me because they've got virtually no internet. Um, they've got no anything other than the standard like five TV ch- stations, <laughs> um, but I found it really neat. Even though they're on ADSL one, like I'm talking like uh, 150k upload and maybe 600k down, um, it actually still play YouTube videos, no buffering, nothing. So. Um, it does a fairly decent job. So yeah, I, I had it down there. We we're playing, we we're watching YouTube playlists, and I was actually um, from. I logged in with their computer onto TeamViewer on my computer, and I actually there's a a, a back end way to um, actually play it from my computer here to their Wi-Fi to the Chromecast. It was on their Wi-Fi down there, so. <laughs> Oh, I could wow. actually watch movies that we had stored on yeah. our media center on their TV. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's so, good. That's that cool. was pretty neat. Now, you would have heard of this through the week. A well-known gamer appears to have been robbed while streaming her live gameplay. Mm. This chick, her name was Shadeen. <laughs> no, I don't, was, I don't know who. I don't know her, but I read the story, yeah. Yeah, she was playing Dota 2. You heard of that game? Uh, what was it, sorry? Dota or Dota 2? No. D-O-T-A-2, number two, in Phoenix, Arizona. It's in English. Uh, well, presumably. Abandoned the game, and an armed person appeared on a webcam. You'd have to be unlucky if you bit the arm, arm bandit, wouldn't you? You walk in while she's streaming live. Uh, players watching the live stream video game reported the incident to police, and officers were able to apprehend two suspects. Yeah, so, thought uh, they didn't have, you know, video evidence or anything. That's crazy, you know. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Like, yeah, how would you feel like you'd have to be a bit of a, you know, if you're the robber? Jeez, damn it! <laughs> damn technology. Damn yeah, it to pretty hell. much. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Uh, what else we got in there? Yeah, There's, we said um, oh, Feedly. Feedly was also DDoS with Evernote. Yeah. So if you if you're unable to get your Feedly feeds, well, that's why. <laughs> that's that's but, exactly. Uh, speaking of being able to watch your 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 home from from anywhere, these um D-Link cloud cameras, they're a, what's the part number on these ones? They're the old model now, the DCS 930L mm. wireless wireless cloud cameras. You hook them up, set them up to your Wi-Fi, log into the D-Link website, cloud website, and then you put the app on your phone, and you can either view it. If you're in your own network, you can view it live or you can view it streaming over their website. The quality is amazing for what they are. Um, I've currently got three of them around the house. Um, two at the front and one at the back. Uh, the night vision's fairly ordinary, but then again, they are only a daytime 
they don't have any night vision functionality but um it's really neat if you're away somewhere and you want to check on your house and what's going on and <laughs> the stupid part is actually on ebay and on their website they're about a hundred and hundred odd bucks or something on the msy um who's my local supplier msy computers do i buy my crap off them they're 29 bucks <laughs> what yeah for a wireless security camera so uh, msy.com.au yeah so i've bought um i've bought three i've got another one on i've got another two on order because i've actually bought out the store so i had to order another two so I'm going to pick those up, but they don't seem to use much bandwidth. Um, I haven't noticed any degradation in my Wi-Fi, so mm. we'll see. They're a little bit of a pain to set up on initially when you first get them. They're quite painful, but um, they're great, especially for the price. Now, I know you're going to know the answer to this. What do you guess when you cross a cliff with a horse? <laughs> Why would I know the answer to that? <laughs> You get a cliff horse. So, you've never heard of cliff horse? I've heard of Cliff and Richard. You, you call yourself a Minecraft dude. All right, now, Minecraft... Oh, Minecraft. cliff horse. Yes, yes, I know what you're talking about now. Yes, we, we covered this on uh, on Obsidian Loft podcast on Monday. It's a jewel up in your billy land, it must be. Now, <laughs> Minecraft, what is that? I don't know. I don't I've got nothing just, open. It's not me. That is just... <laughs> Uh, this week's, this episode, just weird noise. Weird <laughs> noise of the episode is that. Well, I wonder if we're going to get another one. Now, Minecraft... <laughs> Minecraft, uh, what are we doing? Yeah, Cliff Horse. Cliff Horse is brilliant. We did it... Uh, it's made by, by uh, Mojang, who do, um, who do uh, Minecraft, obviously, and a few other things. Um, yeah, it's... It's yeah. a physics. It's it's a design on a physics engine um, to make to make sure. It, obviously, it's got to develop a lot further, um, as the name suggests. At the moment, it's literally a horse and cliffs. There's not much else to it at this point. Um, uh, although uh, he has tweeted that the game in which the player controls a galloping horse that can chase an animal skinned ball. Yep. And as Will said, more a lot more to be developed because it's only taken him two hours so far <laughs> to create. He's only spent two hours on it, so please. Other posts include... It's just, look, I only mention it because Minecraft is such a massive, massive game. Other posts indicate the game is a deliberate spoof of Minecraft. However, that has not stopped people from paying for it. Uh, the guy noted that his initial tweet advertising the early access title had raised more than $100. Oh, whoopee-doo. <laughs> the... Whoopee-doo. Hey, Minecraft made nothing for the first two years. He later created a website to promote the game, which pointedly states that there is no guarantee of future updates. Oh, no. Just a so, as you can see, field. I actually have the game. <laughs> reminds me of Sound of Music a bit. Uh, yeah, so that's about all uh, uh, city, yeah, examples of controversial, uncompleted PC games put on sale. Towns. A city building game sold for fourteen ninety nine via Steam. Uh, developer abandoned plans to complete it himself after reporting weaker than expected sales. Well, if it's not finished, why would people want to keep buying it? The War Z, or the Warzy, or that Warzy War Z, an open world zombie themed survival game that cost fifteen bucks. It's a bit of the bit of a theme in it. Fifteen bucks, which was pulled from Steam. What is this Steam? It's a theme everywhere. 
Early uh, Earth, another game, Earth, year 2066, sci-fi game costing £20, was removed from Steam. What's Steam? I'm not a Steam. gamer, so I know it's got online, something to do with gaming. One of the largest online gaming um, things. There you go. That's, that's, I'm out of the loop, obviously, so I don't do games. That's probably why I haven't heard of it. But, yeah, so what is that where people, can they build on it and release their own games and stuff? Uh, well, that's one of the things you can do with it, yeah. Uh, okay. All right, there we go. Uh, what else have we got here? So uh, there's also another one, um, just quickly speaking of Minecraft, there's another another game called um, uh, Goat Simulator, um, which is sort of similar principle, except in the latest update, they've actually just added... Um, they've added a Minecraft sort of part to that too where you can grab blocks and build things um as well on that so it's uh if you haven't checked out goat simulator and you want a great game that's nice and relaxing and uh, a hell of a lot of fun like just ridiculous amounts of fun um check out um goat simulator um it's <laughs> i don't even know how to begin to know how to <laughs> to uh to describe it but yeah that's how it starts <laughs> what are the, uh, so it's just a goat it it's a goat you're wandering around town you're doing all sorts of things you get hit by cars and and it's uh it's uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's different challenges and mm-hmm. and sort of things there's actually quite a few different things you can do with it um but uh it's same sort of deal it's it's all based on um the physics engines demonstrations and and things like that um so oh yeah you can change into different things like shopping trolleys and and whatnot you can do different different things so it's um it's a hell of a lot of fun it's 10 bucks or something go and, you know go and get it if you want a great straight list game it's best what? thing ever now where do you, is this pc game <laughs> uh yeah yeah it's pc it's on steam uh, yeah, it's on Steam because it's now actually out of beta, so it is on beta or whatever you want to call it. Well, so yeah, it actually. Can't you have betas on uh, Steam? Um, you can, but most people don't because oh well, you, there are early access things, um, but a lot of them don't because um, there's once you're locked into Steam and you've got your licensing system and your login system through Steam, it's very difficult to get out of it. So most people wait until their game's further developed and they see what sort of um, what sort of interest there is, and then they decide. Like EA's got a, their own thing, Steam's got their own thing, um, Blizzard's got their own thing. So, and it kind of gets cumbersome. Like Mojang with Minecraft won't go on Steam because they've already got their whole entire back-end logging system in place. They yeah. can't go to Steam because they've already got all that there. So, yeah, you know, it's sort of... Now, your your Obsidian Loft... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've just read a comment in the lounge. <laughs> oh, um, now, your Obsidian Loft... Now, that is... You can log into Minecraft. My kids play Will's Minecraft server on mm-hmm. their tablet devices and look they don't mind it but will 
we got better let people know that there is a, a server out there. Is it ready for public consumption yet? Well, because we've got a few get, of them. The one, no one there. No, the one there at the moment is still, and, and I can't do much about that at the moment because I'm waiting for the developer to release the update to make it compatible with the newer versions um, right. for the server side of it. Once the oh. back end's put in place, then yes, there will be more people on there because I actually have a few people who are ready to go. We do have our mc.obsidian loft, which is um, running the Attack of the B Team um, pack, so you can log onto that. That's now a public server. As you can see, we've currently got four people online. Um, we've got you know quite a few people following there now. So you come to obsidianloft.com, you, you sign up there, you get all the details, all the cool, you know, follow us there when we live stream, and you can go to the DIN map, which is pretty neat, which is um, an actual overview or map of the, the Minecraft world as it's happening. You can see who's where and stuff like that. Um, so the one you're talking about is the Pocket Edition um, server um, for the mobile devices. Yes, that we it will be open to the public but i need to wait for some updates before that becomes possible because otherwise i'm going to get people griefing and things like that um so yeah but no no grief <laughs> the biggest problem that's the biggest problem with any server is the server we've got now the few the, you know we've got probably a dozen regular players on it and they're really nice people um they actually care for the server they look out for pr troublemakers and things like that and if we're not online myself or warlock not actually online um they'll send us a tweet or a direct message or something so that we can take care of what's going on um so yeah um, so my kids come out the other day and said there's never anyone on wills world because we call yeah. it wills world yeah, there's never <laughs> anyone on wills world and i said why don't you kick his door in that might get his attention <laughs> <laughs> You it's, might have lost uh, the door wheel off your house. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, as I said, it, that was that. It's currently that's in beta. Um, the new update, the new um, Minecraft mobile update, is out. I believe the end of this month, and that's basically. There's been a lot of updates coming out, but they haven't been released. They've been internal updates. We're mm. waiting on the major update to come out. And then once that's out, the developers can make their code, fix their code and things like that, and then things will happen. So, yeah, okay. So yeah. All, all right, good stuff. Now, uh, look, I reckon I've only got one more in me uh, this week. So <laughs> how about uh, the? No, it's getting a bit. Uh, what we'll just say, uh, you know, Google comes out with their Google Doodles, and now it's expected that everything has to have a do mm -hmm. Google Doodle. Everything. So there's been a blunder. Google blunder over D-Day Doodle. Oh, Don't, do people not have anything else to think about? Apparently oh, not. Google hasn't done a doodle. Oh, my God. Oh, no. They don't take it seriously. Oh, deniers or whatever. Google has hurried out. That must be the comments. I figured out what it is, too. I'll tell you what it is later. Okay. Now, Google hurried out a link to uh, material about D-Day beneath its logo. Google has hurriedly rushed out a link after failing to honour the 70th anniversary in its famous daily doodle. So initially, the UK homepage of the search engine had a doodle honouring a Japanese Go player. What's a Go player? Anyway, I don't know. But anyway, that's what people... That's oh, you people know the game Go, like chess, but with the black mm -hmm. and white pieces. See, that's the... why you're here. You're the game dude, and I'm just the... I'm, the... <laughs> I've never played... It's only been around for like, you know... 47,000 years it's like it's not like it's a new game oh okay fair <laughs> enough 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not that old. All right. Uh, all right. Well, what, what have you got it, Will, to end on, maybe? Um, yeah, there's... Well, I was surprised you didn't mention um, the current one they've got up there at the moment, which was the uh, for the World Cup or whatever it was, wasn't it? Oh, I'm not in the The one they've had up there? Hmm, anyway. Well, um, I mean, more weak. <laughs> oh, is that what it is, is it? Is that the soccer thing? Yeah, okay. yeah. So... World Cup, too. Is that on now, is it? I don't know. That sport <laughs> thing that I don't know anything about. <laughs> I don't mind I don't mind sport, but I don't I don't watch soccer. But anyway, so, I know it's pretty huge around just, the world. Yeah, Go yeah. F- football. Um, <laughs> so just one, one quick one to wrap it up, and uh, I thought I'd leave this to last, because we can end on a high note. There was a game that was bought out mm, 30 years ago, pretty much almost to the day. Um... Mm. And involves a lot of falling blocks. Little brick out. <laughs> so, well, Tetris, yeah. It, uh, that's one of the, there's, here's the original logo. If, if anybody ever had a Spectrum, they'd know about that. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so Tetris has been around for pretty much 30 years now. It's the, uh, the the Spectrum was actually the first version of it. Many other people saw them uh, later on on IBM PCs or Commodore 64s. It was the first game uh, that launched in the US instead of um, Japan. Uh, it was originated in USSR back in the day. Uh, it was a, claimed as a big achievement during the time of the Cold War. And yesterday, which was, uh, what are we, the 7th, so, yeah, the 7th that celebrated its 30th birthday. Mm. Um, originally, it was Spectrum Holobrite who bought Tetris to the world. But if you look on Google Play, it appears now Electronic Arts actually hold the rights to the Tetris name. Um, which I think the only real reason they ever made the Game Boy was for Tetris. Yeah, okay, right, okay. Because <laughs> that's all I ever remember playing on that was the game, was Tetris. Tetris, yeah, right. Well, look, I'll, so. look, I'm going to have uh, t- one more story because I know, Will, as you said, you don't want to end on a low. We want to end on a bit of a high. But all, I wanted to mention also, uh, look, I don't know if people these days remember who this guy was, but this week, Rick Mayle, we lost Rick Mayle. Uh, it was only, oh, yeah. what, 56. Yep. Too young, too young. So anyway, I just thought I'd just give him a mention and say, uh, you know, we used to watch you actually, on the telly. What was really weird was I was actually watching Drop Dead Fred the night before. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So anyway, so that's no good. So, uh, yeah, 56. I'm, I don't know. I don't think it's been released how he died. He died at home in his sleep or something. They, no, they, the, they think it was some sort of fit last time I checked, but they, oh. they're not sure. So mm. waiting for autopsies. Well, maybe... Uh, well, no, it definitely wasn't this. A garage owner fakes Google murder in Edinburgh Street. Now, <laughs> this guy has gone to so much trouble. He's, he, he saw the Google car coming down the street, or he's prepared for the Google car. Must have saw it in the vicinity, you know. He's been prepared for this. He's gone, right, when it comes past, I'm going to stab someone. So anyway, so um, a garage owner has apologised for staging a scene that looked like a murder in, in an Edinburgh Street, which was caught on the Google Street View. This guy who owns, his name's Dan, 56, who owns Thompson's Motors in Giles Street, had to say sorry after receiving a visit from the police. The mechanic had lain on the road while his colleague stood over him with a pickaxe handle after spotting the Google camera car from a distance. 
<laughs> oh my dear. Now, the incident happened in August 2012, but it was not until a year later, once the pictures had been uploaded onto the Google site, the police were alerted. <laughs> That's crazy. You look at the images, it's um, it's actually quite funny. There's, yeah. like, you, you can tell it's it's so obviously faked, but yeah, obviously some people thought that was... That was, but the, I mean, that is a real one. There, there's um, well, everyone thought this one was real. There's a, there's another one with a Google view of a a birth, and uh, it was taken in the Berlin suburb of Wilsendorf, and what? they um, it's just as there's a lady on the footpath there, and she, with the legs spread, and there's a, a guy holding uh, what looks like a newborn baby. So, yep. after about six months, they finally figured out it was a fake. <laughs> Now, when you said uh, legs spread, and I gave a little wink, will I get in as much trouble as Tony Abbott did? Probably. Um, oh, I don't know. You know, each to their own. <laughs> All right. All right. I think that's about it, Will. That's uh, we've, we've muddled through the episode at uh, very short notice this week. So, um, so thanks for thanks for streaming, uh, Will. Thanks for getting it all together. It's been, uh, been Not good. a problem. All right. Well, don't forget our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Aussie Techheads. Uh, web hosting, athwebhosting.com.au, aussietechheads.com.au forward slash paper, uh, the aussietechradio.com. Uh, new shows every Friday, so that's right. There'll be new shows tomorrow, peeps. And, uh, yeah, good stuff. All right. Uh, lounge lizards and podcasters and YouTubers and wherever else you may be consuming. Thanks for joining us. See you, Will. See you next week. See you later, sir. Thank you. And we'll see, hopefully, or he, let, let you hear us next week for sure with a, maybe a more prepared show. <laughs> Wonders will never cease. All right. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.